This is the 58 Ways King Podcast. My name is Matt Graham. I'm your host for today's episode. Episode 25, me, Nate, and Tony talk movies, we talk TV, and we break down the over-under win totals for every team in our fantasy football league. It's a good one. Enjoy. All right, boys. Welcome. How are you guys doing today? This Memorial Day? Doing good. 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 All right. So let's get this thing started. Nate, you look stunning, by the way. Thank you. If you check out my IG, Naderade530, you'll see my five stages of COVID from hair to full beard, half shaven, mustache only, and then what I look like now. My favorite was like the Fu Manchu you had going. And you got a nice mustache going yourself. I like it. Thank you. It's a fitness mustache. It's a fitness mustache. What does that help you aerodynamics? What, what does it mean? What does that mean? No, it, it does the opposite. It makes it a little harder. Uh, I, as the reigning champ, I got to, you know, bring the competition down a little bit to give you guys an opportunity to catch up and, uh, you know, beat Team uh, Snap Crackle Pop. Speaking of harder, if you see my Fu Manchu mustache picture, <laughs> it'll get the blood flowing. <laughs> All right. So let's start this off with the way we always do. Let's do a manager on manager. So Nate, Tony, a couple questions or one question for each other. All right. I got one. Nate, what are you afraid of? Oh, um, kind of fun question or for an answer would be spiders, I guess. Like I'm really afraid of spiders, but I've kind of had to get getting used to being around them because they're coming out now and stuff. So having to be brave and protect my kids, but like legit, honest, no crap, serious answers, probably death. So, yep. Okay. Legitimately afraid of it. Yeah. And then for you, all right, so in, um, have you watched Sons of Anarchy? Some. I haven't watched the, the whole series. So I'm watching Breaking Bad right now. And if you were to pick like the type of old lady that you had, right? There's old ladies in Sons of Anarchy and then there's Walt's wife in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Would you want the money laundering one or the ultra gangster chick? I think I'd go with Walt's wife just because I know that series and that character a lot better. But I mean, I could be convinced. I mean, Peggy, right? That's the actress. I forget yep. her, her name in real life. But yep. I do remember her being pretty badass. But I, I really enjoyed the character from, uh, from Breaking Bad. So I'll go, I'll go that route for now. And I, also, I don't know how to launder money. So she already has that covered, it seems. So <laughs> It's yeah. easy, man. You go to the laundromat. There low, you go. low heat. Low heat. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna do things a little different this episode. Not a whole lot of sports and football going on, so we're gonna we're gonna talk some uh, some TV, some movies. Get your uh, you know help pass the time during this COVID outbreak. So we're gonna start off with the most bingeable streaming shows that are available now. We'll get a couple from all of us. Why don't we start with you, Nate? Yep. So I'll go with one. Uh, so before I had said that my favorite TV show was Riverdale, I misspoke at that point because I forgot about the show Friday Night Lights. Uh, if you haven't watched Friday Night Lights, it is, I believe, available on Hulu is where it's available now. But from episode one all the way to the end, super feel-good story, small-town Texas football, all the drama and everything that goes around with that, it has everything. It has grief, drama, love, mystery, all kinds of stuff like that, sports, and it's just a really good um, really good show. And then uh, number two, uh, I believe there's only three seasons right now. It's on Netflix, but a show called Love. Uh, it's about like this nerdy kid who's wanting to be a screenwriter in Hollywood scene and stuff like that. But he's like super ultra, everything you think about nerd. And then he gets with this chick who's like an addict, who's like a drug, alcohol, and sex addict. And so they're like complete polar opposites, but how it brings them together and 
all that relationship stuff I'm really into, but it's, it's super funny. There's an episode, uh, spoiler alert, but it's already been out for years, so it doesn't matter. But there's an episode where he, they rent a house out in the middle of nowhere. They think it's going to be this big party house and it's a piece of shit. And then they, um, he ends up playing music on a Bluetooth speaker. And then later on in inside the house late at night, he's jerking off in a bathroom and his fucking volume gets hooked up to the Bluetooth speaker and he doesn't know it. So he's trying to raise it louder. So everybody else hears the porn that he's listening to inside the bathroom. It's good. It's classic. Friday Night Lights, which is great. It's such a good show. Friday Night Lights is such a good show that it like overshadows the movie, which was a really good movie and one of Billy Bob Thornton's best performances. And like, forget that that movie ever happened because the show was so uh yeah those are good those are two goodies available now in case you haven't watched them tony your turn buddy we got all right before i answer uh, i want to say thank you for hosting because i've been drinking and i'm pretty sure by law i'm not allowed to host a podcast um yeah i mean you know joe rogan would beg to differ but but we'll allow it <laughs> looks like you're drinking shirley temples though yeah. so but i'm dr- but i am drinking they're called hardy boys if you're a boy drinking they're called a hardy boy okay Note noted. All right. So the first one I have kind of mentioned it earlier is Breaking Bad. Great show. Uh, second one is the Ozark. And those two are kind of similar. I don't know what my um, fascination with drug dealing and money laundering is, but. Narcos? Good, good shows. I haven't watched that yet. That's on the list. But it's kind of cool. Like you got a couple guys who were kind of thrown into situations, maybe a little outside their control. Situations they didn't want to be in, but they're kind of doing it for their families. And they kind of reel you in with that aspect of it. Really good shows from beginning to end with Breaking Bad and the Ozark. So far, so good. It's not over yet. I won't give any spoilers, but yeah, great shows. Uh, great acting, great writing. They're filmed well, and I think Netflix has both of them for binge-watching purposes right now. So they do. those are my picks. I, I'm going to be honest. I've watched three seasons of Breaking Bad. You need to finish oh, it. Oh. fell out, man. I can't. Nate, Nate's watched three seasons in like three days. It's been six days, and I've watched three seasons, and right at, the end of season three is where it gets like super interesting. Um, I will say that I almost stopped watching it in season two because there's like a ton of drug use and like they show a lot of it. And I used to be an addict, so it made me really uncomfortable. And I like started getting these twitches and then I started like, I'm not going to do it, but I started like looking up on the internet. What is it like to smoke meth? What is it like to snort meth? What does heroin feel like? Cause you're seeing it. And I remember being like, taking drugs and stuff right so it was like super uncomfortable maybe uneasy but i just powered through it in a day i've had very similar uh th- those sort of feelings towards narcos even though i love the show i've had very similar feelings because hmm. i was young dumb and full of dumb um <laughs> but uh but ozarks is great oh man jason Bateman's is fantastic really good <laughs> better than come <laughs> <laughs> all right uh we'll go with me so i picked two one shot picked probably everyone's already seen it uh, lost uh, seasons one through four lost were phenomenal. Uh, so good. I mean, after that, don't waste your time. It's really not worth it. It, it, yeah. it goes off the rails. They ran out of stuff. They were stretching out for money purposes. It, it was also the rider strike that corresponded with a lot of the decline. Which hurt them super bad. But the first four seasons, 24 episodes a season, it's, it's so good. Golden. You used to break into a house to play video games and also watch that show. Mm-hmm. So, and that's on Hulu, I believe. So those are good. And then... In my opinion, the best comedy that you can watch, you probably have to go to HBO Go for it, is Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, Larry David, awkward-ass Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm, becoming best friends with J.B. Smoove, who, and I was listening to a podcast with J.B. Smoove, and he he was in L.A. for his one of his best friend's funerals and just happened to get a call to go audition for it. 
he had just got fired from writing for SNL and he got the job and the rest is history. Leon is, is my favorite character on the show, but both really good shows, both fairly easily accessible. If you have HBO, of course, for Curb. Um, and there's 10 seasons of Curb and they're all funny. My favorite episode is where Larry David is fighting Rosie O'Donnell <laughs> for the same woman. <laughs> and Leon tells her, you should win, man. She's got a glove. You got a bat and balls. You can't put gloves with gloves. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the prostitute ep- the episode where he gets a prostitute oh, yeah. to the carpool lane to get to Dodger Stadium. So <laughs> and good. then his friend and his wife's friends there and sees him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so those are TV shows. Let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's go to movies, specifically comedy. So um, I think maybe on some of the next coming episodes we'll do dramas and some horror films, maybe some different genres. But I want to start with comedy. So let's go over our top three comedies of the two thousands. So two thousand to two thousand twenty. So Tony, let's start with you. All right, uh, no particular order. I got Step Brothers. Yeah. Definitely better than Dumb and Dumber. I have The Interview. I have Shaun of the Dead, 40-Year-Old Virgin, and Old School. So I shuffle those up a little bit uh, just so we didn't have too much overlap. I guess you can start with Step Brothers. I don't think you can compare it to Dumb and Dumber, even though I know Nate wants to argue. You have that look in your face, I, and I, I've seen it before. Fucking trigger. <laughs> it, it's, it's too comedic leads so there are some comparisons I'm not gonna lie obviously both you know both movies have two comedic leads that are probably have similar iq levels so i mean there's that going for it and i'll let you guys fight it out i feel like it's just from different eras though like i feel like Step Brothers is what dumb and dumber would be in like the 2000s like the mid 2000s because it's not realistic for two idiots like that to be living on their own so you take will ferrell and uh john c Riley, and those guys are like all right these are idiots they can't support themselves of course they're living with their parents makes sense parents get married and a friendship is formed, right? Dumb and Dumber, I, it's that normal Jim Carrey like slapstick stuff. Uh, love it, but I have it ranked below Step Brothers on my list. Go ahead, Nate. Step Brothers isn't a good movie without Dumb and Dumber. Maybe it doesn't even get made without Dumb and Dumber. Maybe. Right? But here's my argument. And kind of talked about this earlier about how like this argument sways both stances. And I don't like that, but... Would you say that Michael Jordan is better than LeBron James in basketball? Different kind of players. I don't think you can compare them. Greatest of all times. They're compared for greatest of all times. And most people will sit there and say Michael Jordan is better. And this is where it fucks me up because this metaphor screws up my whole stance is that I believe LeBron James is a better basketball player. Like, no doubt. And I think that those Golden State Warriors teams with KD and like when Curry's hitting those 30-foot three-pointers and stuff like that, they wipe that Bulls team out. They sweep them four games in a row. Like, it's just, it's better because of it, it progressed later on, but it doesn't make it better all time because it's based off of the era in which it was created. So looking at those two movies specifically, Dumb Dumber, from my perspective, is more of a, is more of a physical comedy cue. I mean, the diarrhea scene is just phenomenal. Like, it's funny, it was the funny as a kid because it's, you know, it's diarrhea. And then as an adult, it's like, oh, I've actually had situations similar to that since it's like it hits you different as an adult being on a date. Uh, so, but then I feel like um, Step Brothers does more, is more of a, you know, it's more of an improv, a lot more script-based, a lot more of that kind of comedy that's more verbal. Um, I'm going to put in a pillowcase full of soap and beat the shit out of you type of deal. So I, you know, teach their own. We can go, let's just say teach their own. Go drive up to Big Bear and tell me that you don't, Big Bear during like a November, right? And tell me you don't ask somebody, those skis yours? And they say, yep. And you say, both of them? Like something like that, right? <laughs> don't ever w- walk into a 7-Eleven or pull up at a 7-Eleven, right? And the first thing that comes to your mind is like, I should go grab a couple sticks of beef jerky, walk out and say, big gulps, huh? Well, see you later. <laughs> Anything like it just, it, you can 
go days for days and days and days and days quoting everything Dumb and Dumber. I think a lot more than you can in Step Brothers. There's a lot of quotes from Step Brothers too. There's so many. They're, ver- they're both very highly quotable movies. Change your face. I, I and I like you. You're a good guy. You nailing this Kelly Wine mix. You're just killing it, man. But if you don't change your face, I'm gonna change it for you. <laughs> highly quotable movies. Um, hey, you're gonna love this neighborhood. Everybody recycles. You ever need fertilizer? I got a lot of it. <laughs> just. <laughs> The second one was the interview. I feel like that movie gets overlooked because of the whole North Korea hacking of Sony thing. Okay. It kind of went. It kind of went like straight to digital release. Straight I think. To, yeah, it was straight to DVD or. Great fucking movie. Highly quotable. Really good acting. The writing, whatever. It's a comedy, but I don't know. That's a really good movie. I don't know if you guys have you guys seen it. Yeah, I've definitely yeah. seen it. It's Absolutely. great because if drinking margaritas and listening to Katy Perry is gay, who wants to be straight? Not me. <laughs> Not me either. <laughs> but um, was that really like the movie that ended up starting like Netflix original movies? Like, I can't remember Netflix original movies before that. And I remember it didn't get released in the theaters, mm-hmm. right? And then it went straight to Netflix. Netflix is the one that bought it. Yeah, I guarantee if it wasn't, the all the major uh, streaming services definitely raised an eyebrow, right? Yeah. That thing made some money. Because now Netflix is like full of originals. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I don't remember it too much before that time. Yeah. There's few Netflix originals that are actual Netflix or start as Netflix originals, especially in this day and age where there's a bunch of TV shows that were, whether it was canceled or it was filmed and never picked up. Now in quarantine, they're just scooping them up like crazy. I think yeah. one of the first Netflix shows was Roma or movies was Roma. There's a piece of, there's a couple other movies that they did where they started from the beginning. But yeah, that, that was what, that was a big one. I think that had big names that like started the whole. That got people to see that, Hey, we can just put them on digital platforms and bank. Yep. It got to the point where we are last year where the Irishman gets released in theaters for a few weeks and then goes Netflix exclusively, which is crazy. Shit-ass movie, Bird Box. Didn't Terrible. like that one. Terrible. It, it sucked, especially like if you've seen Quiet Place. Like if you've seen yeah. that one first, you're like, ah, oh, this is just a rip-off. Yeah, exactly. All right, Nate? For me, um, no particular order, but in particular order. Um, not really. I'll go with Nacho Libre. Um, Nacho Libre is classic, mostly because I'm half brown. Get that corn out of my face. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Let me borrow some squids. And he has to borrow sweats from a little kid, but it's it's super comedic, it's super funny, but it also has like this chasing your passions and your dreams, right? And when we were little kids, everybody wanted to be a wrestler, except for Matt, because he doesn't know a damn thing about the Generation X, which really has me on tilt, but really? that's for another episode. Doesn't know wrestling. Degeneration X, NWO, like I feel like you have to know those two organizations. Whole nother podcast. Man. Yeah, this one's bad. Can't be perfect, guys. Can't be perfect. You see these baby I gotta, I gotta give up something somewhere. My favorite movie, probably of all time, minus The Notebook, is Elf. Um, one time when we were deployed, we had a bunch of digital um, digital like equipment that you can create scrolling text on, right? We had like 16 of these things, and I made them all Elf quotes. I just want to say those existed all the way through Rotation 2. We didn't yes. touch them. Another, so they lasted there eight eight months which is pretty oh, good yeah. i watched that i could watch the movie every single day from i don't know christmas to christmas it's it's that good and then my last one i'd say napoleon dynamite it's one of my all-time favorites anytime i see a chicken i ask if they have large talons i think about it when i go through mcdonald's and order nuggets do the chickens have large talons <laughs> <laughs> like anytime i need chapstick right something like that um you ever see a a llama. My favorite thing about Napoleon Diamond is the first time I watched it, I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, wait a minute, this is the most genius thing I've ever seen. Really good. 15 times later, I'm like, holds up, still holds up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody to change their name to Pedro. 
and then run for president, right? Like the win, the win. For it's sure. so good. All I gotta do is vote for Pedro. Sure. There's some, there's some young, or not young. There's some guy named Pedro. Who's like, I think I should run for president. I think I got a platform here just by being Pedro. Like, I got this control. That's how you get like every 34 to 28 year old to vote. I think yeah, you'd actually get Pedro. them to vote. Yep. Like legit. So all right, so I'll go over mine. So so my comedies, I went over laugh appeal at factor. So I didn't necessarily go with the best comedies necessarily that have the best stories or that are, you know, the best written. I went with movies that I watched and I could not stop laughing that had those scenes that were like, I literally had to watch it over and over again. And the first one was old school, uh, old school, just w the whole movie is genius. It's got the great, you know, quotable lines back and forth. The Vince Vaughn comedy is fantastic. And then the Will Ferrell, like just over the top ridiculousness is just the best. When he shoots himself with a dart in the neck, and then goes all, you know, goes all passed out and runs to the birthday and falls into the pool. There aren't many things funnier than that in any of the movies that I've ever seen. Where he re-gifts a bread maker to the kid. He's like, hey, it's a bread maker. He's like, he's like oh, I got, you, I got you that for your wedding. Oh, the same model? No, that exact same bread maker. <laughs> That's good. Uh, my next one's Borat. Um, Borat was just, just it was just Sasha Barry Cohen. It was everything that he did as Ali G, and then just flipped on his head and created Borat, and it was fantastic. It was, it was very nice. It was very nice. Very nice. I like. <laughs> so good. Oh, man, everything in that movie. It's so offensive. It's so ridiculously offensive that it passes the point of being offensive and just becomes ridiculously funny. It's what we needed at the time. We did. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm looking for a car with a pussy magnet. Do you have the car? <laughs> I went when I, when I bought a car yesterday. I asked the guy, I was like, Hey, which car has a pussy magnet? He just looked at me. I was like, Oh, okay, never mind. My bad. So I'm looking for the, yeah, no, no, the GMC. All right. And then um, Super Bad. Super Bad came out. I was in college already, but I had, I definitely was close in age to um, the seniors in high school and that whole going to college phase and like, being a virgin and that whole like trying to be cool like that hit home really personally so it was really just a really good like buddy comedy and there's just so many great performances bill Hader is the cop there's just dude, mclovin yep. there's just so many good like extras thrown in there it's like you want to you want to start having sex man you want to go to college and suck dick and fucking pussy no you don't <laughs> <laughs> such a good line uh, and i'll throw an honorable mention in there uh, good boys which is just recently came out on hbo if you have not seen good boys watch it immediately it's super bad with sixth graders, which makes the sex and ridiculous comedy that much funnier because it's freaking sixth graders. So I, I, I had to stop the movie because I was laughing so hard because I was missing jokes. It's like boom, boom, boom. Um, so that's my three. All right. So uh, I'm going to need someone's HBO password if I'm going to watch that. So I'll send it to you. I'll text it to you right after this. It's okay. so good, dude. It's so good, man. Okay. We, we, can, we can exchange. I might have an MLB password. So. Okay. All right. There we go. Yeah. And we'll be yeah, we'll that's we'll useful. right now. We'll, we'll negotiate. Hey, it will be. All right. Fucking all right so start. To be fair, it's my mom's HBO password. So if you ever get kicked off, it's because 50 people have it. <laughs> and I'll rechange the password. And then I'll get like 15 text messages with my family members. Did you change a password? Because we, we reached too many devices. I swear to God, like my aunt, uncle, sister, mom. Dad. Sharing is caring. Sharing we were taught caring. this at a young age. Yeah, I, I don't know that many people that have re, that have seen HBO go saying too many devices on your account. Please change password. I've gotten that notification, but I was smart enough to set up my mom's account with my email address, so we're covered. Thinking ahead, I like it. All right, we're uh, let's take a break and uh, hear from our sponsors. And we're back. All right, guys. All right, you guys enjoy that break. It was a fantastic sure. break. 
Drain the main vein, do everything you need to do. Yes. Jerk the gherkin. Nate, you are efficient. If nothing else, you are efficient. So <laughs> you were good with pressing. And consistent. All right. So uh, we're switched gears now. Go back to fantasy football, specifically the league, which is what this is all about. So we're going to go over the over and under win totals for each owner in the league upcoming. So tell, let's, let's go through the teams here. Um, we'll start with the winner of last season. And we have Wayne Henry, correct? League winner? Tinker Stinkers. Tinker Stinkers. He went 10 and 3 in 2019. That's impressive. That is impressive. So, if we're going to pick a, a, a win, we're going to think he's going to be over 10 wins, under 10 wins. What are we thinking? I think he overachieved last year. I think there'll be a bit of a hangover from the championship. His average wins was closer to eight. So, I think the 10, especially with him going zero RB, doesn't always work. So, he got lucky, in my opinion, with the running backs he hit on. I think he's coming back down to around five. That's what I got him at. Five? Okay. Yep. How about you, Nate? What do you think? Uh, he's under. He's going under. It's. It's also a short metaphor, so he's going under. Uh, I'm going to use the most famous fantasy football podcast term of all time. He's going to regress to mean. He yeah. back down. I'm, I'm going to go seven. I'm not going to say he's going to fall away at five. Average win was at eight. I think he's going to go to seven. He's going to have a couple years. I think he's going to make playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, that's right. That's One right. of the common things in this league, if you go back and look at our statistics, is like it doesn't happen every year, but very common – um, you'll see the championship have a terrible season, like miss the playoffs uh, the following season. So what that usually means is they have less than seven wins. Uh, he overachieved so much last year above his average wins that I think he's going to regress a little bit more towards less than what he averages. Do you think it's because he played too many games? Do you think it's because, you know, he had to practice so much for the championship? Like what, <laughs> like what no. physical toll taken on of winning the championship? He's, he's been playing a lot of poker, been ignoring the offseason. So true, true. I can, I can see him kind of not doing his homework, watching game film and kind of missing out this season on a lot of that research that we're putting in. We are. We're, yes, we are. I will give you that. All right, so we'll move on down. So Albert Rivera, Otter Job, went 9-4 in 2019. What do you got for Otter Job? Another one who's going to regress, uh, his average wins is seven in the league. Uh, he ranks about in the middle of the pack. He won nine games last year, so I got him at five this year. Again, taking a step back from his, uh, his superb performance last season. I'm going to go under as well, just because fantasy football fluctuates so much to nine-win season. That's, I mean, that's exciting stuff. I don't know that I've had, I've had one nine-win season. I think it's year I won. It's, it's difficult to do. Um, but I'm, only, I'm taking him back to six. He's going to go at six. That's where I got him. Yeah, I'll go under as well. Um, I'm mostly just trying to account for the fact that I'm winning more games this year. Um, so that means everybody else has to lose more games. That makes sense. Smart. That math, that math checks out. See math. <laughs> All right. Josh Callis, Dak that pass up. It's seven and six. What do we think Dak that pass up's doing? Under? Over? Josh has been known to disappoint in this league. So his average wins is just under seven. So I got him also at five. So definitely going under. A lot of regression this year from Callis. He's known to disappoint in this league and disappoint in real life. So I'm <laughs> sorry. You're going to love that. I'm the best man at his wedding. I can, I can say things like that. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say things like that because I'll get booted. Um, I also have him under, uh, just like I have the Cowboys under this season. So we're going to put him at a solid two wins. I think he's going to get two wins this year. <laughs> and it's going to be a rough go for him. It's going to be a rough go. Hopefully he gets those two wins before, you know, we really start deducting points for paying so he just drop out. This will be a season where he plays you twice and he beats you in both those matchups. That's probably what will happen. And I'll go, you know, I'll go 11 and two, whatever <laughs> that math is, and then we'll be fine. Yeah, I go under as well, mostly just because he's a Cowboys fan and they have Mike McCarthy sitting in there now. So it's definitely destined to blow up. 
for a running team when all he wants to do is throw the ball. All right, I skipped over Eric Pollock, Psychonauts, seven and six last year. What do we got him going at this year, guys? That was a smooth one, smoothie. Averages closer to eight wins. Uh, last year, I think, was a down year for him. He has been the model of consistency in this league. He ranks top three, like, of all time. Our stats, uh, kind of, if you put those together over 11 years. So I got him at eight. I got him going over. Yeah, I'll have him over as well, uh, mostly because that name is annoying to see above you in the leaderboard because it's like, Psychonauts, it's fucking like capital, a lowercase, capital, lowercase, whatever it is. And it just really fucking irks me. And it always has to be like above me. So that's the only reason why nothing to do analytically. It's just the name gets you triggered. It's such like a pre-2000s things, like the capitalize and like lowercase letters all in one word. Probably his Xbox Live Gamertag too. Um, so mm-hmm. I, uh, I have Mover as well, mostly because he's been the bane of my existence in drafts. For whatever reason, I feel like, and maybe this isn't true, but from my memory, which is reality, uh, he, we always draft somewhere near each other. And every time I'm looking for a player, Psychonauts drafts that player. Almost every single time he scopes people I'm looking for. And, and they do exactly what I thought they would do well. So I have him going over as well. I got him in eight wins. One more win than he did last year. So that's what's been happening to you. Yeah, I mean, that's not the only That explains you know, everything. There's other excuses. I've drafted from Mammoth in a trailer from my phone. I've had some, some draft faux pas the past couple of years. I'm also not good at fantasy football. I can say it. It's fine. It hurts because I've been playing it for so long, but I'm bad. You also improved your draft position drastically last year, and you still Yeah, karma get bit me in the ass. Your bad karma affected me, and I'm not <laughs> okay with it. I'm blaming you, too. All right. Uh, next, Julian Navarro, Peeping Tomlinson. I will say, hold on. Last year, terrible start of the season. Saquon Barkley gets hurt. Back half of the season, I tore it up, almost made the playoffs, might have won, because my team was going off. Anyway, uh, woulda, shoulda, coulda. I can throw a football over the mountains. There you go, Nathan. Mm. Bingo. <laughs> Julian Navarro, Pippen Thomason, 8-5 and five last year. What do we got him going this year? He overachieved. There's going to be some regression there. I got him at five wins. Uh, he averages closer to six a season, and he ranks right in about the middle of the pack. So I see him taking a step back. He was a playoff team last year. Uh, not so much, 2020. If I have to play him two more times this season, that means he's only getting six wins if he does the same thing he did last year. So under. And he's a Padres fan, right? Chargers fan. So he's used to it. It's not no big deal. Yep. This is the Chargers year. This is the year. It's going to happen for him. Mm. Who's your starting quarterback? I, I know that there's, this is an audio-only podcast. People can't see me shaking my head sarcastically, but no, this is not the Chargers year. Okay. They have Ty God? They do. They do. They're going to – yeah, they're going to have – they have, uh, you know, poor man's Lamar Jackson. All right. I have him under as well. Um, it's, eight wins is hard to do in this league. I have him under as well. All right. Next, I will not mention – I will not speak on the next person. Um, once upon a time, better known as co-commish Matt Graham, I went six and seven last year. Do we have me going under or over? So I have you regressing in the, in, the, in the right direction. I have you getting seven wins, um, a little positive regression. You, you averaged about six and a half wins a season. Last year, I think, was a down year for you. And you mentioned Saquon Barkley getting injured kind of in that first half of the season. So I think that definitely impacted your, your outcome. But I can see seven to eight wins for you, so I'll go with the over. I, I'm going to go with a push, um, mostly just to even it out, get us to six and a half, right? Um, mostly because if you beat me last year, it's probably not going to happen. So. Fair. Um, I will say, in my defense, yeah, I'm going over, just so you guys know. I, I know. <laughs> Fine. I have another uh, algorithm that I've uploaded to Tony's computer, so I'm going to get the number one draft pick again, and I'm not going to mess it up this year, so we're good. All right, next up. Tony Cosentino, the banana stand. There is always money in the banana stand. Let's hear it. Last, 
Seven, six, uh, push, man. I got to push. I'm not going over because, again, in our leagues, everyone's difficult. Uh, but I, I don't think you're going to lose more than six games. I mean, you've, again, been the model of consistency. Um, so, yeah, I got, I got you to push. I will. I'm going to go over on this one, probably to eight. You're not getting to nine wins, but I'll put you at eight. And then there's going to be something freaky that has, like, Everybody that goes into the playoffs has nine wins, and then you're going to get bumped out, so you still won't make it. That hurts. I have been the model of consistency. Uh, I usually average a little over seven wins per season. I'm the number two team uh, all time, so right there behind Henry. I have myself going over, obviously. Oh, okay. Well, hey, believe, bet on yourself. Make, make in the fucking playoffs, all right? <laughs> did you miss the playoffs last year? You did. Yes, I did. I did, too. I did, too. Next up, Nate Mullinane, the fitness Jesus of my – Fitness team, your strokes. He's at, or no, sorry. Uh, yeah, three and ten last year. He's going over. He's going over, for sure over. Positive regression. I got him at eight wins. Uh, he averages six point two, and I feel like that was that number was impacted greatly by his performance last season. So uh, I think that should be closer to like the seven number, right? Um, so I can see him winning at least eight games. I have him flipping it. He's going. I know. I know he's doing his homework. He's not going to back up a three and ten season with another losing record. Yeah. So. I, I've had the privilege of uh, being on this uh, this guy's fitness team this year, and I will tell you, he's going from three and ten to ten and three. Where's the first San Francisco 49ers? He's going to do it, and here's why: this guy can do burpees like a champion. The guy that does burpees like that is not the kind of guy that's not going to go down every single rabbit hole and every single fantasy football website and commentary and everything. He's got the motivation, got the time, got the juice. He's my pick to win it this year. I just drained some juice during the break, but let's let's remind ourselves why I went three and ten last year. My draft was boom or bust. I'm taking every player who's either suspended, holding out, everything like that. Right? I had the AJ Green, I had the Melvin Gordon, I had the Shady McCoy. When we didn't know what was going on with Shady McCoy, you know, all those type of things. I basically just went for it and said, "Hey, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, this is where I'm at." I don't do that normally. I don't take risky players or anything like that to stay on the safe side so yeah you'll see me at the top all right at my underside good luck Moving on to brandon beisner two girdies one cup went three and ten as well last year what do we got brandon doing he's another one who performed uh below expectations below the mean so i can see him um i got him at eight games his average is about six he had a down year kind of across the board so i can see him putting in the work watching the game film uh, putting in the man hours black leather gloves and uh, rebounding after that 3-10 and 10 performance. I got him an over as well, just because, but not a whole lot of over. I got him at five. Way too much time in home remodeling. That is obviously priority number one. And it's priority number one, home remodeling. Priority number two, filming the home remodeling and posting it on Facebook for our pleasure. So jackhammer. Yeah. I don't – from a construction guy who's used a lot of jackhammers in his day, form was terrible. I mean, it looked good. He still – he was still really filling up – Filling up our, our spank bank, so. I mean, I'm not going to – I didn't hate it. But it's like, you know, it's like when you watch an adult movie and you're like, she's not a real doctor. I don't think it's medical school. <laughs> That's kind of how I look at Brandon Beisner, Jack Hammer, in his back patio. Um, got to be five wins. Got to be five wins. Yeah, I think I'm going to go push. Um, there's just something about him that you can just always see. Like, he might perform well in every other league, but in this one he'll probably just crack the bed and go with three again and then hate himself and then trade, with, trade for Antonio Brown or something like that again. And we'll be good. I will say he loves that. He loves that trade, by the way. Yes. If you want to piss him off, just bring up that trade between him and Glenn. Yeah. 
I will say real quick, I'll insert um, something that somebody brought up to my attention that plays in a few other fantasy football leagues. Um, if your fantasy football league is the lowest amount of money that your teams spend on all of their fantasy football leagues, they care about it the least. Not saying he's in some high dollar leagues and just, just throwing that curveball into the equation, which is another reason why we should phrase dudes. Anyway, all right, moving on. So let's go to <laughs> uh, Schleister, big old TDs, four and nine last year. What do we have him doing this year? Over, under? Positive regression. This is a down year for him. He averages about six and a half wins a season. So he's right there in the middle of the pack. Uh, he had four wins last year. I got him at seven this year on the, on, on that playoff bubble. So uh, I'm going to go positive regression as well. Somehow or another, this guy beat me as a better Disney princess out of two. <laughs> that counts I mean, for something. Again, if being a Disney princess is more about being attractive than having a red beard, a little overweight, being funny. I don't know what to do. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to help out with positive regression. He, he normally does well. He's going to have a good season this year. Um, yeah, I, I got to go on positive as well. Yeah, so for Trey, I'll go over. Um, there's, he's super spiteful. So he'll. we've been talking a lot of trash and text messages and stuff lately and stuff like that. So I think that – and he's also, like, on convalescent leave because he just had knee surgery. So he has nothing but time. Although he is drugged, but they may be, like, enlightening him. Something like a um, – Limitless. What do you call that stuff that um, Joe Rogan uh, – DMT? Yeah. It's like a DMT-style thing where he – becomes ultra woke all right next we had jason baziotis in glorious bass turds five and eight last year what do we have him doing positive he's going up i got him at eight wins he averages about seven he's he was one of the top four teams uh, of all time he's usually up there he's got two championships he will remind you if you if you speak with him about that so i see him uh trending up and rebounding from last year with eight wins yeah i'll um i'll go over on jason just I screwed up and said something about, hey, about this championship that I won. And then uh, he reminded me that he won too. So it's bound to happen so that he can remind me again and again. Whatever we do, for the love of God, he cannot win a third. He's always there. He's, he is I, I don't care if there's collusion. I don't care if we have to I – don't, I don't rig the draft. Whatever you got to do, Tony, you're the commission. You have control over the Yahoo settings. He cannot there's win. No, there's no collusion in this league. No collusion. <laughs> I will create a – fake Twitter account and just email family or tweet at the family the entire time from his account so that he does get murdered. Ooh. He is very active on Twitter. That's the stakes. So. That's the stakes we're playing with guys. That's the stakes we're playing with. Yes. Serious game. This is a warning to Jason. Um, if you are thinking about winning a champion this year, think again, you could be the next victim of them. Just saying, I'm not saying you could, like, you will be, like, you, like, we don't know. Like, we have no idea. We have no control over these things. I'm just saying, you know, you know, if the cops are listening to this a year from now and they don't know what happened, I know where to look. All right. So we need, we need to make sure we end this with another wellness check before we, yeah, yeah. Before we call it. So just remember that. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> I got All right. Next up, Alan Greenhill, Victoria's Secret went nine and four last year. I got regression. What about you guys? I got regression. Overachieved. He overachieved. Uh, I think a lot of those teams that had bad years are going to kind of take away some of those wins from Allen. So, Allen, sorry, I got you at four wins. Yeah, he's definitely going under. People just don't win nine games in this league unless their name's Nate. No. <laughs> Not last year. Another, another 2000s movie that got left out was Talladega Nights, you know. It's like when I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. So, uh, I just don't see that from him. I don't see that. Like, when he wakes up, he doesn't – he's like – He's probably dreading it, but he's not looking at his piss and being like, this is excellence. So, therefore, regressing probably somewhere around five, six wins. I will say that I do like that 
he was also very, you know, prominent in the chugging beer thing that we had going on earlier in this year, which is fun for me. Um, I, the, Tony's seen another video. Nate, I'll send it to you too. <laughs> uh, Tony's the only person I'll leave that has seen the, the last chugging video I took. Tony, want to tell Nate how good it was? It was a good video. Uh, I mentioned Spank Bank earlier. If you see it, that's one that's going to go straight into the Spank Bank. I'm going to text oh. you, Nate, as soon as we I, – I started up another uh, drinking video chain with some of my closer-knit friends that I know aren't going to judge me, and I send up ridiculous things. It's pretty bad. All right. Um, but I don't have them going up that – I have them – yeah. I have you guys them. all took the drinking videos and ran with it. It was great. We should do I don't know what month. the motivation was, but everybody was freaking doing it. It was awesome. What's your motivation for Fitness Fest? You're good at fitness. You love the gym. You love being active. It's a thing. What is my motivation for doing drinking videos? I love drinking. I'm good at drinking. It's my passion. It's my reason for living. Fair enough. Living is my family. And then drinking is just something that helps. You ever watch uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? Yeah. Alcohol. It is a, it's a special tool that can help us later. It's one of the Mosca tools, man. Like, we're good to go. <laughs> all right. So that is all of the teams. Did I miss anybody? Think you got them all? We got them all. All right. This is a long episode, so thank you for bearing with us through this nonsense, whatever you want to call it. This was fun, though, guys. I appreciate it. You guys have a good time? I did. I had a great time. This was a lot of fun. Tony, you peaked early, but you uh, you managed to come back around at the end of the threesome and you fin- finished strong, so good for you. Yes. I peaked at the break. <laughs> <laughs>